I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina. Today, we're going to go into Stranger Things Season 4, Part 2. But before we do that, we have the Emmy nominations. We do, and we are just jumping right into this because Christina has not heard any of the Emmy nominations. So we're going to get Christina's live reactions of who has been nominated for the Emmys. Are you ready for this? Yes. I don't know why I kept thinking that this came out the 18th, but it in fact came out the 12th. It happened yesterday. Okay. So, oh, I'm so excited to tell you these. So for best drama series, mm-hmm. nominated are Better Call Saul, of course, mm-hmm. Euphoria Season 2, okay, Ozark, Severance, mm. Squid Games, Stranger mm-hmm. Things, Succession, and Yellow Jackets. That's a lot. Is it's that a lot. a lot? It's a lot. Is so, that more than normal? Um, I think that's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's eight shows. I feel like that's about normal. You know, everybody is saying that Better Call Saul is now officially better than Breaking Bad. So I'm wondering if that's going to take it. So, I'm not sure because Euphoria has a big backing. Uh, I've been told multiple times to watch Severance and Yellow Jackets. Same. So, that uh, has yeah. a big... And then Succession is Succession. Stranger Things is huge. Squid Games was huge. It was. So, I, uh, the only one that I don't really know about is Ozark, which we'll find out l- uh, later on in this month. Yes, well, yeah, I starting next week. I don't think Ozark's going to take it. I, I think their I think their best season already happened. Yeah, I don't think it is either. I'd see possibly Succession. I could see Squid Games being uh like I could see it being Squid Games or I could see it being Euphoria. Not Succession. No, Succession, Squid Games or Euphoria are my okay. top 3 picks. Yeah, I don't think Stranger Things is going to win anything. I don't think so either, but I think that it does have a lot of nominations. It has a really big following. Oh, absolutely. So let's get into our comedy series that were nominated. Abbott Elementary, which I was very surprised about. I've heard a lot of things about that. Same. Barry. Mm -hmm. Curb Your Your Enthusiasm. Again. Hacks. Season 2 got nominated. Mm Mm-hmm. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and What We Do in the Shadows, Christina. I fucking love that show so much. (laughs) And that would be season three, which is well-deserved. My, I'm pushing for What We Do in the Shadows. I don't know if it's going to do it. Um, So either. I think Ted Lasso, I keep hearing that it's getting even better. Yeah, true. And I'm interested to see Hack Season 2. I think we have that coming up for August. We do, yeah. That's one of what we have. So Maybe, maybe we don't do Emily in Paris then. No, we definitely got things to... Only Murders in the Building I've been interested to watch. Yeah. That's on Hulu with uh, Selena Gomez, uh, Martin Short, and Steve and, Martin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Steve Martin. I have such a crush on Steve Martin. But anyway. All right, so limited series. Uh, Dope Sick... The dropout. Yo, that may take it because I have heard so many. I told you when it first came out. Do you remember? I was like, we should do dope sick. And you were like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And, you know, I have heard a lot of things about it. I believe it's Michael Keaton. And Nicholas actually has the book over here. So I've heard very good things about dope sick as well. Um, so oh, dope. is going to be fun. Sorry. <laughs> dope sick. The dropout. Uh, that's with Amanda Seyfried about, um, Thoros, Theranos, I forget. It's the girl who, like, frauded everyone about the blood. Oh. Uh, Inventing Anna. 
Pam and Tommy, and The White Lotus. The White Lotus? White, White Lotus is on HBO. I've been told to watch that multiple times. Yeah, I feel like I've heard, I feel like, I, I've definitely heard of that before. I, I It's a limited series? It's a limited series on HBO. Um, Pam and Tommy, I actually started to watch, but I never finished. And okay. those two, it's Sebastian Stan and, oh my God, Lily Thompson? No. Lily something. I forget what her name is. Um, they look identical to Pamela Anderson and uh, Tommy Lee. It's crazy. Um, inventing Anna just reminds me of your bachelorette weekend because the, <laughs> we were watching like bits and pieces of that all weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so very interested to see what happens there. So lead actor in a drama series. We got Jason Bateman for Ozark. Brian Cox for Succession. Classic. Lee Jung Jae for Squid Game. Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul. Adam Scott for Severance. And Jeremy Strong for Succession. Wow. Wait, yeah. who was before Jeremy Strong? Uh, Adam Scott. He's in Severance. You know, uh, Ben Wyatt. No, no, no. Yeah, I just did it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. He's in Severance. I did know that. Okay. Yeah. So that's that should be an interesting category. I would say... I feel like either Brian Cox, I feel like, and you know what? No, Jeremy Strong's going to get it for succession this season. I don't know. Brian Cox was really good in season three. Yeah. I don't know. I think Jeremy Strong did better in season three. Well, Brian Cox got it when succession season one came out, and then Jeremy Strong got it with season two. It may be. I think it's the reverse. Oh, okay. Very interested to see what happens there. Lead actress in a drama series. Wait, wait, wait. Back, backtrack for a second. Yeah. Succession is the only show that has two nominations. Everything else is just one, right? Correct. Wow. So, lead actress in a drama series. Jodie Comer for Killing Eve. Laura Linney for Ozark. Melanie Lis- Linsky for Yellow Jackets. Sandra Oh for Killing Eve. Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show. And Zendaya for Euphoria. Maybe Zendaya will get it. Zendaya. So I've watched both seasons of Euphoria, I think, twice through now. I watched them very, very quickly, so I have to rewatch them again. And Zendaya did an absolutely incredible job in season two. Like, phenomenal. So I do think she is definitely in the running to get it, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, so maybe that's it. Um, I haven't watched the other things, so I can't really say, but I'm, I'm going to say with Zendaya. Uh, lead actor in a comedy series, Donald Glover in Atlanta, Bill Hader for Barry, Nicholas Holt for The Great, Steve Martin for Only Murders in the Building, Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, and Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. That's the first that we've heard of The Great. Yeah. Wait, The Great didn't get nominated for Best Comedy. No, it didn't. But Nicholas Holt is nominated for uh, Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Also, Donald Glover in Atlanta. That's very exciting. I haven't watched the most recent season of Atlanta. I haven't. I've only watched a couple of episodes of Atlanta. I don't even remember. It's been on for so long, right? Yes, it has. I think it has a few seasons under its belt. It has to because didn't Donald Glover leave Community to work on Atlanta? Um, I think he left Community to do to pursue his music career, and then he picked up Atlanta from there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, very excited to see what happens there. Lead actress in a comedy series: Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Quint uh, Quint Quinta Brunson for Abbott. Ale- oh my God, Albert. Al- Albert Elementary is what I was going to say. Abbott Elementary. Kelly Cuoco for The Flight Attendant. Elle Fanning for The Great. Issa Rae for Insecure. And Gene Smart for Hacks. I don't know. I'll say this again. You know, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel gets nominated every year, and we never talk about it. I know, but now there's, we're, we're in too deep. There's I know. like five seasons. We, we have not hopped on the bandwagon early, so now we're kind of stuck. This is like the good place. We're never going to get to it. We'll get to it eventually. 
I know I definitely watched the first season. We we need to do it. It's on, it's on the I list to do. The second season. I don't know if I finished the second season. I don't think I finished the second season. All right, moving on. Lead actor in a limited series. Colin Firth in The Staircase. Andrew Garfield in Under the Banner of Heaven. Oscar Isaac in Scenes from a Marriage. Michael Keaton in Dope Sick. Himesh Patel for Station Eleven. And Sebastian Stan for Pam and Tommy. What if Michael Keaton gets it for Dope Sick? Oh my gosh. Schmidt would be absolutely crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that's very... I kind of... If Sebastian Stan gets it for Pam and Tommy, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he did a really, really good job in that. So, lead actress in a limited series or movie. Tony Collette for The Staircase. Julia Garner for Inventing Anna. Lily James, that's who it is, for Pam and Tommy. Okay. Sarah, Sarah Paulson for Impeachment and American Crime Story. Margaret Qualley for Maid. And Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout. Okay. I don't really know a whole lot about any of those. So we got we to gotta watch them. We do. Um, okay, so television movie is something that we always like to dip into because, you know, we need some... Uh, a break. A break. So here's what we got, Christina. Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. That's with Andy Samberg. <laughs> it is. Is John Mulaney in that? Yes. They're that's Chip and Dale. They are both Chip and Dale. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and neither one of them could remember which one they were. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh Ray Donovan the movie. Just the the name of this. Reno 911, the hunt for QAnon. Oh boy. <laughs> I love Reno 911. I think that Reno 911 is an absolutely hysterical show and movie. So I did not realize they made another installment. I'll have to watch it. Uh, the Survivor and Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. So, supporting actress in a drama series. Oh, we have a Christmas movie, Danielle. <laughs> Do we have to change our schedule around? No, we're not. <laughs> Uh, supporting actress in a drama series, Patricia Arquette for Severance, Julia Garner for Ozark, Jung Ho Yeon for Squid Game, Christina Ricci for Yellow Jackets, Rhea Seahorn for Better Call Saul, Jay Smith Cameron for Succession, Sarah Snook for Succession, and Sydney Sweeney for Euphoria. Mm. I'm a little disappointed that Alexa Demi didn't get it for Euphoria, but I think that Sydney Sweeney did do a good job. And Julia Garner, we'll see how she does. I'm sure she did great. Uh, Sarah Snook, glad she's on there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excited for all these. Supporting actor in a drama series. Uh, Nicholas Braun, Succession. Billy Crudup for The Morning Show. Kieran Culkin for Succession. Park uh, Sue for uh, Squid Game, sorry. Uh, Matthew McFadden for Succession. John Turturro for Severance, Christopher Walken for Severance, and Oh Young Sue for Squid Game. Wait a minute. Christopher Walken is in Severance? Christopher Walken is in something? That just, that just, that bumped that up to top of our list to watch. September 1st. What? Supporting actress in a comedy series, also known as comedy series. Alex Borstein for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Hannah Einberg, oh my god, Einbinder, also known as Einbinder, for Hacks. Janelle James for Abbott Elementary. Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. Sarah Niles for Ted Lasso. Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary. Juno Temple for Ted Lasso. And Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. There's a lot going on here, but part of me kind of hopes that Kate McKinnon wins it because it was her last season on Saturday Night Live. Oh, really? I didn't Mm -hmm. know that. Yeah, she left. She left. A.D. Bryant left. Wow. Pete Davidson left. A lot of them left. So we'll see what happens there. And then uh, supporting actor in a comedy series. Oh, my God. Comedy series. What's a comedy? Aw. Anthony Kerrigan for Barry, Brett Goldstein for Ted Lasso, Toheed Jamo for La- uh, Ted Lasso, Nick Muhammad for Ted Lasso, 
Tony Sh- Tony Shalhob from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary, Henry Winkler for Barry, and Bowen Yang for Saturday Night Live. Hell yes, I love Bowen Yang on Saturday Night Live. I forgot Henry Winkler was in Barry. Yeah. So that's that's going to be a tough one. I'm also excited to watch Ted Lasso because then I'm going to yeah, be able to... Yeah, there were three in that category, one, right? One, two, three. Yeah, three. Wow. Okay, supporting actress in a limited series or movie. Connie Britton in The White Lotus. Jennifer Coolidge in The White Lotus. Alexandra Dat, Dat, uh, Daddario for The White Lotus. Caitlin Deaver for Dr- uh, Dope Sick. We know Caitlin Deaver. Uh, Natasha Rothwell for The White Lotus, Sydney Sweeney for The White Lotus, and Mare Winningham for Dope Sick. So Did they pick everybody from The White Lotus and nominate them? Well, I think the whole premise of The White Lotus are that there's not really like a main character. It's a lot of supporting characters. So that's why they're all in this uh, category. So that's going to be very exciting. I did not know that Caitlin Dever was in uh, Dever was in Dope Sick, but that's good to know. We know her from Booksmart, and then what yeah. was the other one? Not impossible, not unexplainable. It's something like that. Incomprehensible. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. There we go. Uh, supporting actor in a limited series: Murray Bartlett, White Lotus; Jack Lacey, The White Lotus. Will Pelter, Dope Sick, Seth Rogen, Pam and Tommy, Peter Sarsgaard, Dope Sick, Michael Stuhlbarg, Dope Sick, and Steve Zahn for The White Lotus. There are some heavy ho- hitters in The White Lotus. So I think I figured out September. <laughs> Based on this, it kind of sounds like we're doing Severance, The White Lotus, Dope Sick, and um, the hell's the other one? Severance, Dope Sick, The White Lotus... Ted Lasso. Well, Ted Lasso's in August. We're doing Ted Lasso in August. There was one more that kept coming up. Uh, I'll think about it. I'll yeah. figure it out. Okay. Uh, okay. So, do, 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 do. Guest actress in a drama series. Hope Davis, Succession. Marsha Gay Harden, the, sh- uh, the Morning Show. Martha Kelly, Euphoria. Sanan Lathan, Succession. Harriet Walter, Succession. And Lee Yu Mi for Squid Games. Um, I'm just going to scoot through this really quickly. Guest actor in a drama series, Adrian Brody, Succession, James Cromwell, Succession, Coleman Domingo, Euphoria, Ariana, Arian Moyad, Moyad? Yeah, Succession, Tom Pelfrey, Ozark, and Alexander Skarsgård, Succession. Okay. Okay. Guest actress in a comedy series, Jane Addams, Hacks, Harriet Sanson, Samson, Harris, Hacks, Jane Lynch, Only Murders in the Building, Lori Metcalf Hacks, Caitlin Olsen Hacks, and then Harriet Walter, Ted Lasso. I just want to say I love Jane Lynch, but I think Skarsgård's going to win it for uh, best guest. Uh, For the drama series. I think so. He was really good. He was really, really good. Okay, uh, and then guest actor in a comedy series, Jared Carmichael, Saturday Night Live, Bill Hader, Curb Your Enthusiasm, James Lance, Ted Lasso, Nathan Lane, Only Murders in the Building, Christopher McDonald, Hacks, and Sam Richardson, Ted Lasso. Okay, so this is kind of like ruining what we're about to watch now. Yeah, but you know, I'm half Nathan Lane and Only Murders in the Building. I love Nathan Lane. The throw Nathan Lane, Martin Short, Martin Short, and uh, Steve Martin all together, done. Sign me up. Yeah, but Bill Hader and Curb Your Enthusiasm, I haven't watched. I watched up to season, I finished season 10. So, like, we're about to start the brand new season. Mm. I'm not going to make you do that. Okay. Because it's, it's a lot. I appreciate <laughs> like, that. I, I do need to watch Curb Your I'm not going to make you do that. I do need to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's on my list of things to do. My ever-growing list of things to do. It took us a while. It did. So... Those are all the nominations I have for you. Are you excited? I am, yeah. I think I think September and October are going to be really exciting. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I love, you know, it's, it's uh, what's your favorite season? Award season, says Moira Rose. Yes. And I agree. 
Um, I will also say that one of my favorite parts about this podcast is now we don't have to, for some of them we will. Like when we decide to do Barry, we're going to have to catch up on that. Yeah. We have to catch up on Ted Lasso. But um, it's kind of like for for a lot of these shows, we don't have to do that. Yeah. We just have to watch <laughs> the most recent season, which is a beautiful thing because then we, we could just be like, watch episode 67 to find out more information. Exactly. Yeah, that's nice. It is very nice. Hard work pays off. <laughs> Speaking of which, do you want to get into uh, Stranger Things Volume 2? Season 4, uh, Volume yeah. 2? So this is, this is basically a recap because, so, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's two episodes, eight and nine. Eight is about an hour and a half. Nine is about two and a half hours. The rated TV 14. It's, the whole season's scary. We said it last week. I'll say it again this week. If you, if, you know, it's, it's much more gory. Um, we, we kind of like, we took a sharp turn from like science fiction into horror, but this kind of brought it back into science fiction. I think there was much more like labby stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're not doing a traditional summary with these. There's just too much, too many moving parts for me to just write one paragraph and I'm not writing more than a paragraph. So we got some bullets after finding out that number one controls the upside down part of the, the, I'm sorry, after finding out that number one controls the upside down part of the gang tries to infiltrate his home base and kill him with fire joyce jim and murray realize they have to break back into the prison to actually escape russia and help their kids they end up killing the demogorgons also with fire <laughs> will mike jonathan and argyle help l teleport her powers to the use of a freezer to save max no fire on this one okay so I did not put the characters, because you know what? It's the same. You guys are listening to this. You have probably already listened to volume one, our episode last week. So if you have not, pause us now, go listen to that, catch up on that, and then come back to us here. So I'm not going on the characters. I'm putting my foot down. I'm not saying the characters. Because I got a lot to talk about with this climax because, yeah. again, a lot going on. Unlike Christina, I have wrote two paragraphs. So here we are. And they're lengthy. I'm not stretching things out to hit a word limit right now. This is just, this is how convoluted the story has gotten at this point. I feel like at this point, if we combined all of our, oh, easily peasily, if we combined all of our podcasting notes, we could definitely write di a, each a dissertation of our own. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So let us get into this. So the lead up to volume two is that volume one ends with Nancy going into Vecna's trance and Vecna shows Nancy his plan or maybe only part of his plan. But that's again, that's just coming from me and my own speculations to destroy the world or maybe just Hawking's. We don't know. Uh, like the four tolls of the grandfather clock. Vecna needs four gates via four deaths to cause mass destruction, and the fourth death is Max. So we have Nancy. <laughs> now let's get into what groups we got going on here. So we got Nancy, Steve, Robin, Eddie, Dustin, Lucas, Max, and Erica to find, devise a plan to bait Vecna with Max, distract the, bat, the bats, the Demobats, and then go to the Upside Down to flambe him. Me <laughs> Meanwhile, Jonathan, Argyle, Will, Mike go to find Eleven in New Mexico. They do, just as she's taking down multiple government agencies with her mind. Yes? Are you oh, okay? Oh, no, I'm just mimicking as you're doing it. <laughs> oh, my, all my hand movements? Mm -hmm. I thought no, you were... No, I'm mimicking it. So that I know what you're talking about, because sometimes I need to like be like, where are we? It. Where are we in yeah. the story? Oh right, Eleven is making an entire helicopter fall to the ground. Yeah, as Papa dies, and they come in the nick of time to pick her up and flee. So they flee, and know they need to make it back to Hawkins because Elle spied on them and saw what their whole plan is, and she's like, I need to get back to Hawkins. So Eleven hop. So but. That being said, there is not enough time to make it back to Hawkins. So Eleven hops in a makeshift sensory deprivation tank and plans to defend Max against Vecna all telepathically. 
Vecna captures Max, and she does her best to fend him off. Then Eleven piggybacks to confront Vecna. Also, while all this is going on, Murray, Hopper, Joyce realize their kids are in trouble while in Russia. They can't get back to Hawkins because Yuri is being a jerk. So they try to get to the particles in the Russian work camp to defend them. And again, I'm telling you this because this is literally the lead up. So, Eleven and Vecna stand off. And it seems like Eleven is no match for Vecna. But in true cinematic formula, Vecna ties Eleven up and watches and makes Eleven watch him kill Max. You know, that's how it always goes. I'm going to watch I'm going to make you uh watch me kill your friend and of course she saves the day. So, also, he tells Eleven, Vecna tells Eleven that he created the mind flayer. I'd like to in parentheses I called it last episode and they have lost and shows her friends all failing. You have Hopper and Joyce who are losing to some demogorgons in Russia. Eddie and Dustin, who are failing at distracting the Demobats, pour one out for Mr. Munson. Uh, Nancy, Robin, and Steve are all stuck in the vines in the house in the Upside Down while Vecna is upstairs doing his, like, mindy thing. And Lucas and Erica are getting beat up by some douchebag basketball basketball players. Oh. I know. It's tough. (sighs) So... As Eleven is floating in the sensory deprivation tank in the pizza, or sensory, <laughs> sensory deprivation pizza freezer, Will encourages Mike to be the heart, and he professes his love to Eleven and gives her the pep talk that she needs to take down Vecna. Just as Max's legs and arms begin to snap, Eleven brings Vecna down. This releases Nancy, Steve, and Robin from their restraints, and they're able to light up Vecna. Joyce and Hopper take down the Demogorgons, and Lucas knocks out the the jock. Max comes out of her trance, and she cannot see, and then goes silent as her heart stops. Eleven, still in this, like, uh, you know, trance, who sees her but isn't actually there, uh, is crying, and she's able to start her heart, Max's heart, but because she was dead... Um, the fourth gate opens and major cracks happen throughout Hawkins. We then flash forward two days later to a mass exodus of locals leaving Hawkins, except for our surfer boy crew returning. We have a lovely reunion scene in the old cabin that gets even more emotional when a black sedan pulls up with our Russian crew fresh, fresh from, uh, the motherland. And we have a lovely, 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 lovely reunion of everyone. Episode 9 ends with Will getting a chill down his spine as they're outside in Hawkins and uh, they see those classic dust particles back in the sky. Everyone in each area of the series looks outside to see the fake quote-unquote snow as one little girl calls it. Some follow it outside like our main characters and are led to a literal divide between our world and the new dimension that Elle created and number one maintains. Elle picks a flower and stares menacingly at the shadow world only a short distance away. So you still back up the claim that Eleven created the Upside Down? Yeah, they told us. Yeah, but I don't think that she created the Upside Down. She just opened the portal to it. Um, was there proof that it existed before that moment? I think that it did exist before that moment. I think that he was just laying all the blame on Eleven, like, you did this. More like, you you got us to this point. Because she was the one who sent him into that other dimension. I mean... I, I guess we don't have... Oh, sorry, I thought I had a button. It's okay. I guess we don't have any solid proof that she actually created it, but... I have no proof that it existed before she opened that portal. True. But I still don't think that she, in her mind, did not create a second dimension. I think that all she did was just open the portal and send Vecna back there, and then he was able to create it as terrifyingly as he can. So that's a low, right? Because that clearly needs to be needed to be more explained. Yeah. So, do you want to move into our ratings? Yeah. The fun will never stop. 
the fun will never stop. So, IMDb, I think it's the same as, I'm pretty sure it was an 8.7 last week, so it's the same. Um, on Metacritic, the Metascore is a 74, and the user score was an 8.5. Um, and, sorry, my computer is just running a little bit slow. I'm trying to pull up the episode list. So, um, I'll just say that Chapter 8 was an 8.7, and Chapter 9 was a 9.1. So, out of the second part, Chapter 9 was... Um, the piggyback was higher, okay. but it doesn't beat out um, the... Uh, chapter 7. 7, yeah, yeah, which was at a 9.6. So last week I told you that the on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it a 90% and the audience gave it an 89%. So they don't have it divided up by volumes on Rotten Tomatoes. They just have it divided up by seasons. So now... The critics have given this an 88% and the audience has given it an 89%. So audience stayed the same, but critics went down. So when I found my review, I tried to find one that specifically talked about the second half of season four. Okay. okay. I forgot to get a review, so I just grabbed the first review I saw on Rotten Tomatoes. So, okay. <laughs> so this is a five out of ten. Okay. Good first season, terrible second half of season four. Okay. I'm just going to talk about the last half of season four, and in particular, the final two episodes, which is, I don't know why they said half, but why they felt they needed to film these two at 0.5 <laughs> speed is beyond me. Sure, it adds suspense when they do it every now and again, but come on, two and a half hours could have easily been whittled down to an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I did find myself... You know, it's kind of hard after the big climax. There was just a lot of stuff afterwards. Like, I did feel like it was a little bit too long in a way. Like, it didn't have to be that long. And it, I think if it wasn't that long, it would have been a lot more meaningful. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I well, you do your review. I don't okay. want to. Go ahead. Okay. Um, this is from four hours ago. It is two and a half stars easily the weakest season of this show way too bloated and convoluted and largely dispenses with all the nostalgic fun and endearing character moments of previous seasons there were some parts of it i enjoyed mostly involving 11 and or max but overall i was not a fan if i wanted an overtly dark and complex show i'd look elsewhere this wasn't the stranger things i knew and loved and this new approach doesn't suit the show Aww. so what happened that's sad. It is sad, but also I feel like... So this person must not like Harry Potter, <laughs> is my feeling. Because when you watch Harry Potter, it starts out so, you know, lovely and joyous, you know, with like little bits of like them going on adventures. And then towards the end, it gets very, very dark. Like after... Uh, probably the third and fourth movie is when it really takes that turn to be very, very dark. You see, like, your first death in, episode, in the fourth movie with Cedric Diggory dying. Um, so, uh, I understand this review, but also I think that's just... It started off slow, and now we're getting into the real meat and potatoes of, like, what these people are about to face. Like, we're finding out, in the beginning, you're only finding out a little bit of the information, and now you're seeing the whole picture. So, I think that by next season, where it closes out, it will probably be very, very dark, but I'm interested to see how they close out the storyline, in my opinion. So, I, I think the two of the things that... Um... I have some notes that I took on my phone again, but I will yeah. say the two things that, that definitely changed. I'm not saying that they're highs or lows, but um, your, your, your genre, you're, you're clearly dipping your toe. I've said this, I said this last week, I said it earlier, I'll say it again, but you're clearly dipping your toe into a totally different genre mm -hmm. from science fiction to horror. But I think that these last two episodes kind of saved it and brought it back to science fiction a little bit by like calculating the deaths and... Um, the whole laboratory scene yeah. and honing of the powers and like recreating them and um, 
all of that. So I, I think you they kind of salvaged the genre a bit. Um, but mm-hmm. the pacing, the pacing suffered immensely this season. Yeah, you changed the entire pacing of the whole series. Yeah, with this season, right? So like everything was, you know, not necessarily formulaic because you never really knew what was coming. But it the it, it just wasn't um, the unknown didn't come at this at this speed. You know, in some ways, I feel like I kind of did know what was coming, though. Like, Actually, yeah, I did this season more than others. Yeah, like when Lucas and Max are chatting and they're writing each other notes and Lucas asks her on a date for Friday, that moment, you're like, that date's never going to happen. It's very similar to what happened with Hopper and Joyce. Like, obviously, their date never happened. Max and Lucas's date wasn't going to happen. And, of course, it's like seeing a movie, and now we are left to believe that she's blind for life, so... And in a coma. Um, And then, like I said, in my climax, when Vecna, like pulled Ellen was basically choking her and making her watch her him kill Max it's always that seems very formulaic to me like it's always oh well you're gonna watch me kill this person and then that person able is able to break out and save that person that seems to be very very typical so I felt like that was a bit on the nose of course like Eleven's fleeing just as Mike Will and Jonathan and Argyle show up like some things just kind of like happen like oh of course that's going to happen doesn't mean that you're not excited for it to happen but it can be a little bit predictable right but then there were some cool twists like when max um is talking with vecna and she's trying to get his attention and then lucas starts to talk to her in like disbelief of like did you realize that was that was a nice little twist yeah yeah you don't realize it was a seamless transition between real life and Vecna's like mind control, and I did. I agree with you. That was really, really good. Yeah, um, it was like it, it, you could tell that his powers have become stronger, like everyone has was saying, because you don't see the eyes right away. You don't yeah. see like the telltale signs of him. So it's almost like as he got more powerful, his stealth level went up. That that's a good uh, thing to bring up because I didn't notice that, and that that is a hundred percent true. Um, I think that the biggest high for me in this volume two is that they re- did a really really great job of breaking up like high intensity moments with just lovely tender scenes we've been waiting for. You know, we have Hopper and Joyce finally having that kiss in. Uh, the makeshift church in russia after like a very high intensity scene that was great to see we have steve and nancy in the winnebago while james taylor's fire and rain plays and steve talking about how he imagines himself with six kids and he's been doing a great job at being a mom you know that's very big of the fandom to always say that steve harrington is the mom of six children so just to tie in that fandom joke that like yeah i have six kids but i always imagine six kids in a winnebago and like then him telling nancy that the the wife is always you like i always pretend it's you so that's very touching um we see Robin at the end getting to talk to Vicky finally, and they are just basically the same person. And you see like a smirking Steve Harrington. Um, and then we also have Dustin and Eddie's uncle, and Dustin telling uh, Eddie's uncle that like he basically being the only person to, to tell Eddie's uncle that like he died a hero. Don't listen to what the whole town is saying. Like he really did defend us. So. I think all those moments were so very, very touching while all this other, all the other shit storms are happening around. I will say, though, at this point, like, how is everyone in this town still so fucking clueless? Well, I mean, everyone just freaking up, up and left. They're like, I'm done. Leaving Hawkins. See you later. Yeah, an earthquake. Right. Sure. Get wow. out of town. Okay, bye. <laughs> um... I think the scene, another high for me, was the scene in the army surplus store. I thought that that whole scenario where they're walking through and they're disheveled and like they're not thinking anything of it, which is a good callback to 
season one when Jonathan and Nancy are shopping for like bear traps and guns and gasoline and the guy asks why they're buying this and he they say that they're bear hunting and then you flash forward to them buying all this stuff and no one even bats an eye and then we have like an intense stand down of Nancy and the captain of the basketball team which I just don't know his name so I'm just gonna call it's better that you don't exactly (laughs) I thought that that whole scene was great very very exciting um yeah those were those were my highs basically I think I'm still a little confused with Papa's agenda because it sounds like he's still and and this scene didn't really sit well with me because it sounds like he has always like at the end it almost seemed like he had always looked out for Eleven's best interest like yeah we kind of get the vibe that the um let's I want to I'm gonna call him Dr. Ponytail again because I'm combining Stranger Things and the Kaminsky method I was gonna say Dr. Brenner yeah I feel like that's right um you know Dr. Dr. Owens okay it was the battle of like good versus good it was like you should wait until you're strong enough you also or versus you have you get to make the choice that you want like both of them seems like good options Mm -hmm. but we just have this terrible view of papa maybe i am fallen victim to the stockholm syndrome here maybe i don't i don't know because at the end it's like he fucking carried her out of there like he literally saved her life so I'm I'm just so confused as if like was like the whole thing for personal gain because if that was the case then he should have just fucking left and saved his own ass but he he literally risked his life to save hers. Yeah, I really don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy and honestly I don't think they really want you to know that. Like I think that perhaps just from knowing Eleven since she was a baby obviously he has an emotional attachment to her. But, and he's also, like, she's one of his greatest uh, discoveries and uh, experiments. But is he doing that for his own ego? What's the, and, or is he very concerned about her? You you really don't know. Right, and then there's the whole mom thing. And she brings it up again. Like, the mother, the whole mother thing about, like, how her mom went through, like, what is it, like, electroshock therapy? No, they electrocuted her brain. It wasn't electroshock. Well, I guess that's technically electroshock therapy, but also, like, they just electrocuted her, basically. Yeah, they, like, they fried her brain. Yeah. So, um, we still don't know why. Like, Well, no, we know why. It's because she broke into Hawking's lab to try to take Eleven back, so they silenced her and turned her into a a vegetable. Yeah, but, like, did she sign paperwork that kind of surrendered her kid? Did she not want to take care of her kid? Like, was there, I don't understand why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't figure I mean, out it's if not that fully was a bad ex- thing. I, I want to think that that was a bad thing, that that was a bad move to fry somebody's brain who's not like a murderer. Well, no, I think that it's not really explained, but what we understood from, I believe it was season two when Eleven goes in her brain to see her visions was that she was born, she wanted to keep Jane, and uh, she signed up with Brenner to do experiments. Uh, We don't know if she actually signed Jane over, but it seems like they manipulated her to take Jane because clearly she wanted Jane, and that's why she went back to try to get Jane back. Mm -hmm. But um, it you know, went against her and they uh, silenced her in order to keep her quiet and not try to get her back is what I understand. What I'm mostly interested about and what people have been speculating on the internet is where is number eight? We saw number eight in season two. Eleven went to go see her and she was in the rainbow room when mama broke in. So what happened to her how did she get out how did she and where does that come into play Mm. people speculate that eight plus eleven plus one is twenty and at the end of the first episode when they're playing hellfire 
Dusty, uh, no, Erica rolls a 20 in order to win the game. So they, people are speculating that they need 11 and 8 to take down 1 in order to, for all of this to, like, turn out properly. 11 and 8. It's okay. 19. Okay, then. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then uh, 1 is uh, 20. Yeah, that, oh, I'm so bad at math. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right, that's that's a that's an interesting. I I did not dive into any any theories. Oh, the the theories are endless on the internet currently. One big one that I showed you was how much how much influence does Vecna have over Will? Because if Vecna is the mind flayer, the mind flayer came from Vecna. And we know that the Mind Flayer and Will are still connected, clearly by the goose pimples rising then uh, from his neck when he enters Hawking's. How is he going to be used against his friends? Yeah, because that's what I'm... Well, because so Will was the first person to land in the Upside Down, or was it Barb? Uh, No, it was Will. And there's a lot of questions about that, you know... The originally the thought was the Demogorgons took him. That's what that group believed. But now it's not making any sense why the Demogorgons would just come out. And it, not eat him. Exactly. So it leads everyone to believe that Vecna took him specifically. And then also, um, Will in the Upside Down continued to sing his favorite song, Should I Stay or Should I Go? So that kept him from Vecna's mind control. I kind of want to know how music affected number one, like when he was still number one, like a human being. There must be like some sort of bad memory with him and music or something. He couldn't kill his dad, so that was one of them. Yeah, but like. His dad was just singing, like, any old song, but, like, he was manipulating the radio. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it is It is interesting to see what happens there. Um, I'm very excited to see what happens in the next volume. I did want to get into my one low. Well, okay. a, a low of mine. Um, the Russia scenes were just so, like, disjointed. They were so bad. Like, we didn't need them, first of all. Like, when all this stuff is going on, we didn't need to cut to Russia to see Hopper and Joyce battling Demogorgons. Like, that's old news. I think I think there needed to be more of a connection. Like, I think it would have worked better if, as they were defeating the Demogorgon, we were seeing one get weaker. And if the Demogorgons were chasing them, and as the Demogorgons were stronger, one was stronger. Yeah. I think if there was more of a connection there, it really would have worked well. I agree. And then also, just like, where was the random sword that Hopper p- picked up? And then how can he just slice a Demogorgon's head off? It doesn't make any sense. I The only thing I can think of with the swords is when they are able to choose their weapons when they first go in. And the whole room is like kiboshed. So I get I that's that was my thought too, but it felt too much like like is that sword made of Valyrian steel? How can it just all of a sudden slice a Demogorgon's head off? Well, we never did. We I can't remember if we saw somebody kill a Demogorgon with a. But we know that they can be injured with weapons because we've seen Hopper throw like a blade or something or yeah. the, what, what was it the axe or something into its mouth before. it was a like, spear and then you also yeah. had I mean even down in season one you had the bat with all the nails and the the bear trap I yeah. mean there have been many many ways that they've attacked these demogorgons but never just slice its head off like that just seems why has no one ever tried that before desperate times also, just why are the Russians giving these guys random huge swords? Wouldn't you just like want to cut someone else's head off? Besides, just a, I have so many questions. I didn't well, I didn't understand I, it. Didn't like it. I can see why they would give them like grade A weapons because they really wanted them to have a fighting chance. They because it was supposed to be for the show. It's it's all about like tantalizing the demogorgons to keep them busy. Otherwise, they'll like break free or some shit i understand that but like i don't know why it took 
if it, it it seemed like Hopper just very easily cut its arm and head off, and it just it was too easy in my opinion. It must be all those push-ups he was doing in the prison. It must have been. Also, I looked it up. You know he lost 80 pounds for this role? Yeah, I actually got a reel the other day because I've been getting a lot of... The, the reason I've been seeing so many Stranger Things uh, theories is because I've been getting a lot of reels targeted to me. And one of them was from the trainer that uh, David... What's his face? I forgot what his name is. Um, used to lose all the weight. David Harbour. There, thank you. Yeah, he said, I'll never do that again. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> Snack, Snack break. break! Speaking of which, what did you eat while watching this? Uh, I didn't really eat anything, but I I was exploring my seltzer game. Mm. Um, we talked about prior, just prior to recording, non-alcoholic seltzers. And I will say it again, the passion fruit LaCroix is pretty damn good. See, I actually pronounce it LaCroix. La Croix. La Croix, because it's French. But I know everyone calls it La Croix. I call it La Croix. La Croix. Yeah. But. Okay. Uh, that's why I like the grapefruit, as you said, was this this pomplemousse. Pomplemousse, I think I said. Pomplemousse. That is the French word for grapefruit. Pomplemousse. I said pomplemousse. <laughs> I <laughs> am currently drinking a La Croix. It's a black raspberry, and it's absolutely fantastic. Highly really recommend. Like, I said this before. I'll say it again. The coconut one is fire. It's so good. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, um, with a little bit of rum, mm -hmm. also for my my lower grade gals, if you go to ShopRite and get bowling baskets, what are you laughing at? Nothing. It's either mango coconut or pineapple coconut seltzer and you throw some rum in that it's like a pina colada <laughs> just saying oh, that's so funny um for my snack break i drank wine red wine to be exact ah uh, for the blood that everyone shed in this movie exactly and i i poured some out for eddie oh it made me sad that he died like i i mean it, i feel like it had to happen but like Actually, no, I don't think it did. Well, I'm glad. Okay, let's get into our expectation versus reality because. Uh, well, that was it. I was expecting Eddie and Max to die 100%. That's what I have here. I am a little disappointed that we got another Bob Newby-like death from Eddie. Like, Eddie didn't need to die. He didn't need to die. Yeah, Max's brother the previous season, that makes sense. Billy dying made sense. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't remember his name. Bob, um, New Bob Newby didn't make sense. All of a sudden, the Demodogs just attacked. But I'm sorry to, to uh, pick at this scab that we've all forgotten I about. Know. But Bob Newby is a hero, but he didn't have to die. He just suddenly got mauled by all these Demodogs. Meanwhile, Dr. Owens was able to walk out of there unscathed. Similar situation here. Uh, Steve also got attacked by the Demobats. He was able to walk away unscathed, but Eddie was not able to walk away unscathed. It doesn't make sense that this was the only solution for them to buy more time. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because they were already where they needed to be, and they were already just about to, like... I know that these these guys didn't know that, but they were all communicating with each other each step of the way. So it doesn't make sense that this was the only option to like to 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 make that happen. Like I don't I don't I don't think that that needed to be a thing. I don't think so either. I think that one of the big reasons why they did that is just a to add to the intensity of the show and just make everything you know go to shit, which is normal that way. When everything kind of works out in the end, they're able to end triumphantly. But I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think that he needed to die. I don't because think. Because I think I think Eddie would have been a great like addition to the older crew. Like, why do we have to keep adding to the younger crew? Why can't we add to the older crew? Like, we got True. Robin. Robin was a really good asset. I think that another reason why they did what they did with Eddie was for him as a character 
because, you know, when we watch him in the first episode of the season, he's pretty scary, but he's also just, like, he's grappling with this, this, like, you know, I'm really a scaredy cat. Like, I give off this persona that I'm a tough person, but really I'm not. Like, I watched Chrissy die, and I just left her there. I didn't, like, what? I can't think about that scene anymore without that reel. Chrissy, wake up. I don't like this. Do you know how many times I listen to that and sing that in my head constantly? It's so funny. It's so funny. The internet is sometimes a great place, and that's one of the reasons why the internet is a great place. I, I love it and hate it all at the same time. That all being said, I think that Eddie swerving away to buy more time was his moment to redeem himself in his mind. But I don't, I still don't think he needed to die. He didn't need to die. I don't think that... Like, kill him off next season. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I think they could have done, I was thinking about, like, I, I thought it would have been cool because your older crew would have been almost leveled out with your younger crew. And they could have done a really cool scene where they, you know how they always do those pair-offs. Yeah. And it could have been like an older person with a younger person. And then Harrington wouldn't have to be the babysitter. Everybody would get involved. Like I was thinking, oh, this could be like a cute little scene that they do in like the final season. No, no, we're getting robbed of that. And then we could also have like a fun scene with Eddie being in jail because obviously he's going to come back and they're going to arrest him. Yeah. And then we, we have like Hopper coming back, kicking ass, breaking him out of jail, having to get them all together in order to like move the story f- forward. I think that so many things could have been yeah. done that's with a, him. I'm sorry. It's, I know we talked about it under expectation versus reality, but that's a low for me. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. Also, uh, fun fact, Joseph Quinn, who plays Eddie, yes. uh, he did the guitar for that scene. Like, he plays guitar himself, oh. and he played that completely by himself. Very cool. Did yeah. we talk about how Doja Cat is trying to hop on that train? Yes, that's still a thing. And then Doja Cat's mad at No Schnapp. Because she, because he posted uh, the like the screenshot of the DM, and they're getting into a Twitter fight. It's a whole big to do. Oh, get over it. Um, one more expectation for me is I was expecting a little bit more from Will this season. I think that showing this painting was completely un- under uh, underwhelming. I do still stand by that. I think that Will is secretly in love with Mike, and we just don't know it yet. Um, I don't know. I just wanted more from Will. and But I'm expecting something really bad to happen next season. So we'll see. I'm going to say this. He was almost in tears the entire season. For yeah. why? For why? It, that was either like overacting or... And I like the kid. I, like, I think that the kid has been a great asset to the show the entire way. But he's in tears in almost every fucking scene. I, so I can't tell if it's overacting or if it's poor directing. No, because- I think that what they're going to try to lead up to is like he's going to come out as a character and he's going to be in love with Mike. You think? Yes, because that's why when he was talking about Eleven and he was getting choked up about being different, I think that he was using Eleven as a stand-in for himself and that's why jonathan was like coming to him as a heart to heart to be like if you ever need to talk to me please talk to me i think that that's like it's not being said explicitly but there's a lot of implicit things happening Mm. below the surface of these conversations and i think that's it is that you or was that a theory that you found just out of curiosity. Um, the, I felt that way watching the show from the be- like from the beginning of this season. So okay. from volume one. I, okay. be- and you kind of get that from the first episode where Eleven is writing to Mike and saying that she thinks Will has a crush on someone. And then we have that girl like brushing up of Will's like leg and him being like not into it. So like that's what that leads me to believe. Ah, okay. I, I think just feel they're like he's terrified all the time. I think they're just laying breadcrumbs down and then that's going to be like the the big loaf of bread next season. 
Okay. All right. Okay. Because it didn't make any sense to me why he was always crying. I couldn't figure out like what was, what was happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think. This I, I think that's what they're setting up. So, I'm interested to see what happens. I wish I we got a little bit more this season, but whatever. Well, that's interesting because it it seemed like it was resolved because they were talking about how they're best friends and he misses his best friend. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if you're right. We'll see what happens. I don't know if you're right, but we'll see. (laughs) Um, I have an IRL moment. Do you have an IRL moment? Um, Kind of. So when Nancy, Robin and Steve are like wrapped up in all of the um, tentacles. Yeah. I said to myself, I wrote, I wrote a note because I now I, for this I was like taking notes on my phone because there was just too much to like digest, so I yeah. had to, I had to take notes in real time, and so I wrote down, "Yo, they've been choking for a minute because <laughs> this scene was forever, forever yeah. long," and then I thought about it and I was like, Christina. Who the hell are you to judge? Because you choke on water for like 30 minutes at a time. So I can relate. <laughs> Whenever I choke on my spit or I choke on water if it goes down the wrong pipe, I'm coughing for like 15 to 30 minutes. That's so funny. And yeah, true. Um, I think our IRL moment is, and that's what I kind of like about the show. They always just like listen to their audience. The scene it's in the beginning of the first episode of this volume where they're like, Henry, Vecna, one, what are we calling him now? I don't know. Okay, we'll go along with it. <laughs> It'll be whatever. Yeah, I can relate because I was also trying to figure out which name came first. Exactly. Henry, obviously. obviously Henry. Then, then I, I don't one. know where Vecna came from. Vecna is a character from Hellfire, Dungeons and Dragons, so that's why they keep calling him Vecna. Right, but, oh, so he doesn't realize that he's being called Vecna. No, no, that's only, like, a their group thing. Just like oh. the Mind Flayer isn't, doesn't know he's being called the Mind Flayer. All right. And Demogorgons aren't, don't know they're called Demogorgons. It's just, like, what they know, you know? Yes. All right. I get it. But I'm just saying that this would be, we should write to the Duffer Brothers. <laughs> And we should tell them that that would be an excellent piece of comic relief if number one is actually offended <laughs> by being called Vecna. Dear, bro- dear brothers, Duffer. That, if I can't get my my pairing scene, I want that scene. I know. <laughs> Great addition. Hire me to write. <laughs> I'll leave everything and everyone I've ever known. <laughs> so. Speaking of writing, this was some excellent writing. When Hopper uh, is talking to Joyce about their date, instead of like saying, oh, I'm, I kept thinking about you while I was in prison, he's like, nope, I was thinking about the meal I was going to order, and I was going to order this, and Enzo puts this and this, and why is it so good? I rela- If I was stuck in prison and I did not have like a beautiful meal for a very long time, I would just think about all of the food I was going to eat as soon as I was out of there. Um, I don't need to be in prison to think about all the food I'm going to eat. So <laughs> you're with me on that. But then in the same breath, he's talking about Chianti, but he m- mispronounces it. Chianti. Chianti. <laughs> and you better know that that's just my life because my last name is Kobion Key. But I always get Kobion Chi because in yeah. Italian, C H I makes the key sound. Yeah. Ah. So it was two IRL moments in one. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I know. That writing was really good. Yeah. I really like that. But that was a Russia scene, Danielle. Listen, that was a good part of a Russia scene. And honestly, like Murray and Yuri are hysterical. That may be the only time I ever hear you say that. That was a good part of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the, I mean, the writing, the, the dialogue amongst the characters is good. It's just, like, what they're doing. You're just sitting there like, why is this happening right now? Mm. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, we did it. We did it all. So we got our Emmy nomination discussion in. We got Stranger Things uh, Season 4 Part 2. We're moving into Ozark. God help us. Lord, so Lord have part- mercy. We're going to do part one next week, which is episodes one through seven. 
and then part two, which is eight through 14. I'm just saying it now because it's not separated as part one or part two, but we're going by the release dates. Okay. So you want to talk Emmy nominations. You want to talk Ozark. You want to talk future shows that we should do. You need to talk to us on Instagram or Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Classic Stina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. You can also email us. We love emails. I'll never say that again. But um, <laughs> yeah, for the sake of this podcast, we do. Email, send us an email at twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. Two is spelled out T-W-O. Check out the blog, Beer, Coffee, Donuts, the YouTube channel, Two Girls Drink Beer. We're finishing a terrible variety pack. <laughs> <laughs> and those videos will come out sporadically this summer, probably in August. Perfect. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. Bye. What's up?